Welcome back, students of the dojo. Grab your running shoes because we are back on that book treadmill for 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons. This week, we're taking a look at Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Hi, Lou. You're aggravating me today, Louis. I... And he smiles every time he does, <laughs> he does. it. He's a pain in the ass. And that makes me smile because I, I revel in other people's pain. And is that my pain? He's reveling in. So anyway, this is my <laughs> cross to bear. It is shaped like a middle-aged man with graying hair. That still and has a, hair. And it's a heavy cross. <laughs> it's a lot heavier than it was 30 years ago, I'll tell you that much. It's almost like it's the like cross is getting bigger. Oh, see, I knew we'd finally That's include me. That's because we had some <laughs> recreational pharmaceuticals. It's because you got comfortable. Now. That's why. his <laughs> <laughs> big, soft, comfy chair in front of his computer. Yep. And it is comfy. So we're still doing a giveaway. Yes. Right? So we get, we get um, some wonderful people that send us messages. So I encourage you out there, if you haven't already done so, Send us a message. Go over to and the there's Dungeon a Masters there's a Dojo. lot that hasn't done so. There, yes. I'm sorry to cut you off, but there's a lot that have not. We got thousands of people that listen to us a week, and we got a few submissions. And I'm still amazed. I am too. It's that people stuff. even listen. Yeah, because <laughs> I've been told by more than one person that uh, they tire of listening to me talk. Yet there are people out there that are listening to me talk. Those, those are the people that can willfully turn you off. That maybe that's maybe that's the <laughs> difference. Yeah, they can just they can be like, yeah, I'm sick of them. Off. But we do appreciate all the listenership, and it's easy to enter into the giveaway, right? All you got to do is send us an email. Uh, just go to our webpage and it'll go to, send yeah. it for you. Yeah, fill in the little boxes and click send or enter or whatever. And you are automatically entered into our giveaway of epic proportions. Epic proportions. Epic. It's big. There's a lot of stuff. Manage, manufacturers suggest really low price of several hundred dollars. Of a lot. Yeah. Uh, just, the, just the Crown Royal bags alone. Do you know what our livers had to go through to make sure that those Crown Royal bags were available? The sacrifices we make for our listeners. Yes. Daily sacrifices. Da- daily. Um, well, Scott's daily. I'm weekly. Yeah, Lou's not much for sacrificing. I'm just consistent. But you get um, White Box, Medieval Fantasy Adventures, um, the Rad Hack, Brass and Steel, Steampunk RPG, the Curse of Strahd, but it's like the special one, the it's collector's the revamped edition. Box yeah, set. the re- yep. revamped box set. It comes with a coffin, so that's that's awesome. That's where Scott's heart it is. It comes in a box shaped like a coffin. It comes doesn't, in a box it doesn't come like with a, a coffin. Yes, let's, let's, <laughs> let's get that. Yeah, yes. like a, a box 
a coffin-shaped box, but still that's pretty cool, yeah, right? I mean, if you had a, like a guinea pig or a rabbit recently yeah. pass away, you or, might be able to, you know, double dip or, there. Or but you a know. halfling. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a... Um, what what is it? Horde of the Dragon Queen? Horde of the Dragon Queen, D&D retail adventure. Out-of-the-box adventures from out Nerdarchy? Out-of-the-box, yeah, Nerdarchy's... Uh, I'm a big fan of that book. I really like that, and we should talk about that one of these days. We're going to. Then we have the D&D starters kit as well as the essentials kit yes big win super stuff if you're starting a, a gaming club right uh, there's dice there's dice you know, you does dice. does lots of dice dozens need, of dice. Need them for your gaming club dice yep. trays dice trays to go with that and we mentioned this before but if you're gonna rock it old school right Crown Royal bag is what you put your dice in back in the 70s. And that's why we, we're giving them out. And that's as, we, as we refer to them as traditional dice bags. Traditional dice bags. Before dice bags, there were the Crown Royal bags. Thank you, fathers yep. and the occasional mom out there for draining the, uh, the Crown Royal and uh, tossing the bags our way. I was at a gaming convention with Chet this past, past weekend, and he was, he was proudly rocking the Crown Royal bag. And it was it was probably one he's had since high school because it was a what are they? They're purple, right? Yes, the original ones are purple. This yeah. was like a light blue. <laughs> uh, it is it is so old, a vintage, a traditional vintage. vintage yes, um, well worn and comfortable. You know, like a old pair of sweatpants. Uh, so we got those in there for you. There's like there's some oh there's the Young Adventurers That's collection. Right. Yep, the whole thing. So time to start showing the kids how to play, yeah, right? That consists of, I think, four books. Yeah, four books, and they're awesome little books yeah, too. They're I perfect have, for I kids. Have them at home. That's what I was. I'm showing my daughter with. Yep. And all you got to do is go to the DungeonMastersDojo.com right there on the front page, down at the Contact Us section. Yes. Fill, fill in out the, the boxes. Fill in the boxes. Send it off. Say something nice. Say something evil. Say something rotten. Say something. Yeah. So far. No one said, hey, guys, you suck. Uh, so thank you for that. Exactly, yes. Of course, now we're going to get one that just says, hey, guys, you suck. And, but that's okay. It would still be entered. That's fine. It'd still be entered. Yeah. And and with our luck, you'd probably be the one that won. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to say, how much do we suck yeah. now? Yeah. Not as much, <laughs> yeah. I guarantee. All right, now you're tolerable. I even got um, a message from someone over in Ireland that I responded to today. Uh, Ludwig. Ludwig, yeah. Ludwig, yeah. And he, you know, it made me sad because he said, even though it's for U.S. people only, I felt like I needed to tell you guys that I really enjoy your stuff. And I was like, oh, man. Uh, if I went on drive through RPG and I bought him a couple of, I think it was one or two PDFs, and I sent them to him. Oh, that's awesome. You're swell. Good, good, because we certainly would like to include our friends overseas, but we just haven't found a cost-effective way of doing it. But Lou, our tech guru, is researching this. Yes, I am. And we will hopefully, our next go-around, be able to include our friends overseas and in and, and Ireland, like Ludwig, and the, you know, the UK, and Australia, and Japan, and, and New Zealand. New Zealand. That's going to cost a lot. <laughs> that's, yeah. But that's okay. It'd be worth it. Yes, it would be. But thank you for everybody that's entered into the giveaway. And thank you for all of you folks overseas listening to us because it's extremely flattering when someone outside of your home 
like country or continent yes. is listening to you and, it, and hopefully enjoying what you have to say about the game. And it's pretty cool to, to see just how many people, cause we get to look at, we have a little map we look at and it's, it's all color coded and I don't really know what the colors mean. Cause I don't see colors that well, but it's cool to see the world map with all of these countries and parts of continents and the whatnot where our listeners are from not just because they're listening to us, but because that means that D and D our our beloved hobby is being played like all over the world, which is super cool because why would anybody listen to us if they weren't playing D and D? Um, but that's not to say you should turn us off. If you're not by the book, start playing. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder if we're in Antarctica. Are we in Antarctica? We were one time. I, we were in it. There was, well, well, I was just thinking there's nothing but science stations, which means they're full of nerds. Yeah. So they, they have, there's gotta be one of them going, what? Hey, get a load of these guys. What do you do? When yeah. You're done sciencing. You can only um, bowl with penguins for so long. Right. Um, or do like the what is it the polar bear dips you know actually that probably kill you in the Antarctica well that and a real polar bear might show up <laughs> that, yeah and then yeah then you're you're in a pickle um, but yeah that what what do you what do you do when you're all done sciencing you you call the uh, call the Russian guys that are in the outpost down there and go hey man it's Friday night let's order a pizza what well, we did on Thursday it should be here any minute and uh, <laughs> let's play a little D and D right there you go. And at least one person's like, "Hey, look, I know a great place where we could listen to." Yeah, and it's 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 voices other than our own. Lewis furiously going through our, our our areas to see whether or not we still have a listener in Antarctica. I, I I don't see him here, but of course I'm still going through the list. The list is quite extensive: Germany, Greece, Australia, United Kingdom, Russia, Czech Republic, Aust- Austria, Netherlands, Sweden, Singapore, Faroe Islands. That's a new one. No, it's been in there a while. Okay, I, haven't, I didn't notice it before. Ireland, Serbia, Belgium, Brazil, Bulgaria, and the list goes on and on. Jordan. The last time I counted, it was 59 countries. That's a good number. Yeah, so we appreciate your listenership. That's that's great. All right, now we've uh, kind of spouted for quite some time now about um, ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, And don't get me wrong, it's one of my favorite hobbies. We know. But let's uh, let's move on to the actual content. Yeah, uh, we're talking about what? Tasha's Cauldron of Everything? What? Yeah. <laughs> he has Seen the wrong you... sheet in front of him. Whoops. Again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fizzman's, the... oh, my buddy. Fizzman's. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. That There's uh, the Robert, can, can Robert Patterson. You don't need it. The what? Put that beer back. You don't need it. No, I do. It's, I figured it out. What's that? I've been able to tolerate you for the past 30-some-odd years because of alcohol. That makes sense. Not because of your alcohol intake, but because of mine. <laughs> That's my excuse, too. <laughs> Whatever works, right? I don't know. First they start to give me alcohol, then they take it away. I just... <laughs> Only when we're doing podcast. <laughs> so it's dragons. Yeah, we're back at it with Fizzband, yep. Treasury of Dragons, uh, taking a look at the book. This go-around role-playing as a dragon. Yeah, not as easy as I imagine it sounds. No. Um, yeah, there's the dragonborn and dragonkin things like that. But we're talking like the full, Dragons. the full blown, the real, like, real, the real McCoy. Yes. 
Uh, it's nice they it, dragon is characters, all right? So they they start off with you know different, a nice big chart of uh, different appearances of how you could look as a dragon. Uh, it goes over your role playing of the dragons and basically it presenting you know the whole uh, the, the section is presenting tips and tricks for building your dragon uh, and complex ways to make it distinctive so it's you know kind of stands out. It looks like they got a brand new employee or intern over at Wizards of the Coast because they have a D20 chart. And yeah, instead of a D6 or a D8. Yeah, yeah. so this this person, thank you, whoever you are, uh, is yeah, for, really trying for to For being able to people. count over yep. 10. Yes, we, we'd really appreciate that. It's What this tells you, basically, is that dragons are like people, and they come in different shapes and sizes. They look different. Not all black dragons look the same. Not all red dragons look the same. There's... Differences amongst even the same species of dragon. Mm -hmm. I really like that number eight coins or gems embedded in the hide because I think of Smaug from Robin. When he's crawling over, yeah. From laying on his pile of his mound of treasure for so long. They've just kind of formed this extra armor plating by sticking to the scale. Literally just weds them way in there and they're not going to come out. I was like a number five if Scott was to play a dragon. <laughs> Notably overweight or underweight. Yep. <laughs> there may be a fight, <laughs> folks. There, if you hear what sounds like Mike's bouncing off the floor and an unusually long spout of expletives and colorful metaphors. Or and, heavy breathing. And heavy breathing, yeah. Someone, followed by heavy breathing and, oh, my God. The victor, uh, the victor will emerge as the one that doesn't have the fatal heart attack. <laughs> and you guys laugh at me for having the defibrillator on the wall. We need it. <laughs> Wow. All right. Yeah. I was uh, I was trying to find one that 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 matches uh Lou, but uh one that really doesn't is uh, number 14, the one that says he wrecked. Uh, uh that's all, probably got a lot to do with his age. <laughs> and that's all, why we <laughs> there's more to that one, but that's okay. I'm just going to I'm not even going to no, yeah, just buy the book, read it yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's uh and there's the um Explicit warning right there in play, <laughs> folks. This is why children should not listen to us. We're like an open bottle of bleach sitting on the kitchen floor. Yeah, or those Tide Pods <laughs> that look like pods, candy. Yeah. <laughs> Just yep. keep everyone away. Uh, it also goes over followers, uh, the relationships between dragons and various creatures that might serve their interests. It goes over dragon encounters, uh, dragon adventures, and dragon campaigns. So... How do you suppose a dragon encounter would go? I guess it depends on the dragon, it right? It depends on the dragon. I've run dragons before, and they've never, the older ones have never been openly hostile. Um, well, I think mostly because, in, in my mind, they don't have to be because they could probably, they could probably take even a seasoned adventuring party relatively easily. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're known to decimate armies. Yes. So what are these four, five, six little things going to do? Oh, yeah. Or oh, they glow a little bit more because they're carrying magic. Big deal. I uh, am magic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I will just breathe on them and take their magic things because it's the only thing that didn't turn into char and add it to my pile. 
Yeah, and if if even that is that is needed too. It's like you dragons are dangerous, but um, I I guess it's it's they don't have to be. They're imposing, right? I mean, the old rules. If you were fifth level or less, you automatically succumb to dragon fear. Dragon yep. fear, yep. Automatically succumb to it if you're fifth level or less. And I didn't see anything about that in here. Neither did I. But I, I think that. That is one thing that I would still keep in my games is the dragon fear. Yes. Because it makes perfect sense, right? You, you have, have something the size of four or five or more houses, large buildings um, that's looking at you, weighing you up. You can feel its breath. You can hear its intake. Uh, you can probably at some point, if you're close enough, hear its heartbeat. And you look up and you see those, those teeth that are like swords and those talons that are like spears. Um, yeah, just being that close. Think of the most vicious dog you've ever met. And now it's and like it scared a you. thousand times and, and, bigger. Yeah, and now it's a thousand, ten thousand times bigger. And intelligent. Mm-hmm. And, and you've heard a bunch of stories probably growing up about right. dragons or... Um, the havoc they have, they've wrought upon kingdoms and the whatnot. Well, just looking at all your old uh, TV shows, that's all they did, right? Well, yeah. they were always the bad guy. Yeah, well, almost always the bad guy. I mean, you know, Sean Connery did a great job with Dragonheart. I was, yeah, yeah, where it, the dragon really wasn't the bad guy, and it was one of the very few movies that had portrayed the dragon in that form. But it, it, when we were talking about how you can personalize them. You go to the very next page in this section, and it shows drag, dragon mannerisms. Uh, again, another D20, yay. Uh, dragon bonds, uh, dragon flaws and secrets, just like you're building your character. Well, you are building yeah. a character. You're just building a dragon as a character. Right, and but, this works great for a dragon NPC, even if you're not playing a dragon. But Right. You want to build something with some depth that they're going to be coming back to maybe more than once or we'll send them out on a quest and you have to come back and converse with them and maybe out one more time. Maybe this turns into be one of the... Or the party's patron. Yeah. I'm not going to give you magic, but I can give you stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's here. a lot of stuff here. And I'm going to let you borrow it. And it doesn't have to be physical stuff. It could be knowledge as well. Which exactly. Which is actually more important. Yep. So I'm going to give you knowledge. I might give you a couple things that glow in the dark. I'm going to give you a lot of coin, but you're going to do this for me. And when you come back, I'm not worried about the coin, but those, those, those magical items I give you, you, you need to give them back. And if you don't, you'll make me upset. And you don't want me to make me upset. You would really, if you're going to, if you're going to run a dragon in any way, shape or form in your, your campaign, you really need to flesh it out very well. Yeah. Not like a band of orcs where there's just like a stream of stats, but you need to flesh this dragon out because it's very complex. It has to have a personality. Yeah. A, an agenda. Especially an agenda. Long-time agenda, and more than one. There's short-term, several short-term agendas, but there's always a couple long-term agendas. But even their short-term agendas are probably what a, a short-lived race like a human would consider long-term agendas. A lifetime. Because they can spend that time planning. Yes, and and that's that's a key to that building that personality. It's that long memory. They're playing the long game. Mm-hmm. Even even their short term plans are still part of a really it, long game. Their short term plans could be generations for a humans. So make it 
so that the agenda isn't easily discovered by the PCs because they shouldn't, it shouldn't be obvious. Yeah. Because it's such a long-term plan. How would you pick up on it really quickly? Like, ah, okay. So, you know, 500 years from now, this is what you plan on, on doing. Well, stories, stories come down and the dragon sent this particular line in the family. Their lineage has been to retrieve something. Uh, not bring it to back to the dragon, but to hang on to it. You are now the curators of this item if and when you get hold of it. And if I need it, I'll let you know. And then do something somewhere else. And they could be constructing something, or they could be trying to get something out of the hands or away from someone else that they the dragon doesn't want them to have these items for whatever reason. You don't even have to know the reason. But again, you're looking at long term, where there's you know okay, this has been in my this item has been in my family for whether it's a, a shield, a, a gem, a sword, uh, a book, it's it's been in our possession for ten generations now, and for the last millennia we've protected it, and all of a sudden this old man shows up at your front door, or this young beautiful woman, I'm I'm here to pick up the book. What book? Oh, this book that no one seems to know about except the family. So how would this person know about it? Well, you've been holding yeah. it for me. Or even even playing playing the politics in the various areas, right? So maybe there's a dragon behind the scenes pulling the strings. He's got a rival, so to speak, in another kingdom. And it could be either they're really invested in the politics or... It's just the way dragons play chess. Only their pawns are like real living beings, right? right? They're they're playing this really elaborate game of political intrigue and maneuvering against one another. And they're rivals, but they're they're friendly rivals because there's nothing they have to lose, right? Maybe there's a you know, just a, a few soldiers here and there, maybe a, the assassination of 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 a king or queen, but it's all this elaborate behind-the-scenes game of dragon chess. Ah, a dynasty has fallen. Well, I'll have to give you this one. I'll do better on the next. Yep, yeah. <laughs> it's And just those uh, two friendly old ancient dragons playing the games with the same kingdoms over and over and over again. Oh, what was that time. wager? Oh, that mountain? Okay, I'll, that mountain's now part of your range. Yeah, because it's not going to be coin. It's not going to yeah. be magic items. No. It's going to be... Um, Something large and sweeping like territory. Yeah. I'll give you those three mountains. Excellent job. They, they have a nice, a cute little dragon name element chart. Yeah, that's that's pretty neat. I don't I, think I'd use a I mean some of it uh, you know again, a d20. So you roll a d20 and 2d4 and and see if you can get to stick all together. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Let's give it a shot. All right. Do you have any dice? Um <laughs> Let's see if I have a dice roller on my phone. Let's see if I have a dice roller on my phone. <laughs> Where the hell's my dice roller? You're not doing it the old-fashioned way? I I'm, uh, my back hurts, and I don't want to get up to reach the old... All right, I'll get dice. Damn. You don't have to, but... No, 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 no. You said so, so I'm going to get up and get dice. I'm on D&D Beyond. I got some dice. What do you want me to roll? Roll D20 and 2D4. 
3d4. D20. Yep. 3d4? Yeah, give me 3d4. Take everything off the same line. Because you can roll th- several d20s. and So a 13. Okay. A 2. And a 4. And a 4. So 13. A 2. That's Palar. So I got Palar Rag. No, Palar Ragoth. Because you can't have Ragoth twice. I think you. I think you got it. it. It's thirteen, two and two fours. Yep. Well, thirteen would be column thirteen. Yeah. And then column two and a column four. I mean, I'm just randomly throwing stuff. You can do this in. I mean, there's so many numbers that you can come up with all kinds of combinations. You can roll multiple d20s and a d4 for each one. It's a great tool for for a newbie DM. I would I would prefer to make up my own. As would I. Um. But these are all. These are all nice little tools for someone who's a fledgling DM. Well, that's just, it's exactly what it is. is It's a tool. So just real quick, what do you think of it up to this point? I think it's, I think it's some good material for a, a new DM. Very, very good material for a new DM for someone like myself, who's been running for a while. I would make my own Tolkien-esque kind of name for the dragon. Um, but mannerisms and 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 that sort of thing, bonds, flaws, secrets, uh, all all good stuff to get the mind kind of cooking on on developing your dragon NPC character or whatever have you. All right. So speaking of developing, right? What do you think your your dragon would look like? I mean, think of any. A lot of them will take on the characteristics of the color they are. So your blue dragons, um, oftenly, is that, let me let me see if I get it. The blue dragon would be cold. Your green dragon would oftenly be poison. Light lightning. Lightning. Okay, lightning, lightning. for blue. Uh, cold for the whites. White. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, poison for your greens. Fire for your reds. So, let's say, green dragon. My green dragons were always kind of a little on the uh, slender side. I just I just think of uh, the old school D and D assassins, right? Using poison. Yep. And I would see them being um, kind of slender, kind of skeevy looking, like the Steve Buscemi's of the dragon world. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. A little, a little schemy and sinister. Maybe, uh, maybe a few scars, but I I don't see. My green dragon is the type of dragon to have a stand-up fight with you. Um, I would see it kind of using a lot of subterfuge. Um, it might have kind of gotten on the bad side of a dragon more potent or powerful than it. And maybe it's uh, a little scarred up. Maybe it's got a couple holes in the wings, but it's still still kind of hanging out, watching things go by, staying somewhat hidden its appearance would be one that when i described it to the party they they knew this this wasn't something that was going to be going to be helpful <laughs> to them at all i um i was going to go a different direction something uh if you took like a nile crocodile and bloat that thing up a little bit Shorten the nose almost so it's almost frog-like. Because I can see them not doing the business themselves. 
again, being skeevy and mischievous, but having underlings do their work for them. So they don't have to work very hard. So it may be a little bit overweight, maybe uh, mire themselves deep in a bog. Travelers would come by, lure them in, offer them things to do things for them. Wings probably, but very rarely flies and more magical flight than, than wings. More The wings are more for show than anything else. Uh, so I mean, some, maybe just a cross between like this really big bloated frog and a, a Nile crocodile. Just because, I mean, because everyone loves to make these little sleek and slender and muscular dragons, and sometimes they just aren't. Well, I would imagine a dragon would be much like a a, a human. Once they hit middle age, you know, they're a little thicker around the middle, you know. <laughs> um, they've settled in. They're, they're, not, they're not scrapping as much as they used to. They've got... You know they've got their home pretty much established with all of their their stuff, and they've got they've got their their underlings doing most of their bidding. Right. So they're they're kind of relaxing and they're eating good, and because of that, they're they're a little thicker, little in the middle, a little thicker, curvaceous. I think that would all depend on the age of the dragon too. Maybe the dragon's just lazy. Maybe the dragon's just simply lazy. It, it's going to wait till something. A caravan came by and it gorged itself on everything. Yeah, and took a nap for a while. Yeah, until it's ready. To, you know, and you happen to stumble across it and uh, maybe woke it up. Okay, that works. But, I mean, you could play it different ways, but I, I like to try to take things a little bit out of the norm and not present the same thing each and every time. But that being said. So you have your, we've already discussed how the dragons think long-term and their stakes in their little game of chess is going to be a little bit different. But how do you think a dragon, especially an adult dragon, maybe not even an ancient dragon, because they're going to look at it to things different. Yep. How do you think an adult dragon is going to view the world in general? An, an adult dragon, I, I think, would, would view the world as... Um, an ever ever changing environment, and almost perhaps like their own kind of kind of playground. After living for such a long period of time, I imagine they must they must they must get bored. So they would mm-hmm. do a lot of things that perhaps a younger dragon may not like. Maybe they like to spend. Maybe they like to vacation. Perhaps they like to go on holiday. And when they go on go. holiday, they they go under the guise of a human or an elf or a dwarf or what have you, one of the other races of the realm, just so that they can maybe experience some, some of that culture a little bit more. Maybe they've gotten all that rambunctiousness of youth out of their system, and now they just want to experience what it what it's like to live amongst the mortal people that they thought were pretty much hors d'oeuvres back in their youth. <laughs> now they have a greater understanding for the cultures of the world and the intricacies and the politics and the relationships. Perhaps they've even um, fallen in love with someone who is much shorter lived than they were when they were under the guise of whatever species it was they were, they were visiting. I think uh, as well as, 
dragons, because of their long lives, learn a lot of things. Well, how best to learn them than to go out and experience? Yeah, and they and they might even be. You might even find them in various academies. Perhaps they're known to be a dragon. Perhaps they're unknown to be a dragon, and they're doing a little teaching. They're sharing their knowledge. They're like a living library. They've lived so long. I, I see them being much more mellow than I, they were in their youth. A, a bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe not as quick to anger, but when they are angered, um, there's hell to pay. But I can see their retribution being more thought out. Yes. I'm not just going to fly over and burn the town. Because why? There's a lot of things in that town I like. But the ruling king, duke, baron, that person pissed me off. And they're the ones that I need to seek retribution. So maybe I'm just going to land on top of their home and incinerate it. Or, or freeze it or electrify it or poison it. But that little group I don't like anymore. Yeah, or and, send a minion in. Uh you know, folks, bring us your whoever it was that pissed off my my dragon boss, or he's gonna wipe out the entire city. All he wants is that that one guy who was a jerk. Yeah. So bring him out, and you all will be fine. But this is the one that you know he's gonna fly off with and slowly eat or whatever have you, or turn into a servant or whatever. But I see them being less reactive and more cunning yes and and scheming and plotting perhaps i I agree i agree and and this is also a good time for them to see what the neighboring areas is not necessarily just theirs because as a juvenile they didn't travel very far now they're an adult and they're moving around they've learned quite a bit about their immediate surroundings all right let's check out the nation on the cardinal points let's go around the compass and check out these other nations and are they friendly are they foe are they allies are they not are they just a band of hunter-gatherers, and maybe that's a place where we can expand. So I could see them going out and beyond the borders of their own area. And that's our look at Fizzband's Treasure of Dragon, Role-Playing a Dragon, Part 1. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo, or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you, and have a good day.